Blog Talk Radio. Psalm 82, a psalm of Asaph. God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judgeth among the gods. How long will ye judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Selah. Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. I have said, Ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. But ye shall die like men, and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations. Well, good afternoon, everyone. This is Kennard Levy-Brown speaking. I'm your host for the Merciful Servants of God Biblical Instructional Program. If this is your first time listening to me, I have over 300-plus audio teachings for you to take advantage of and are absolutely free. Another uh, distinction from my ministry from most is that I don't sell any of my teachings, and I never will. So please take advantage of that. I'm just following what the scriptures indicate in Isaiah chapter 55. Let's uh, turn there. Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 1. Isaiah 55, verse 1. Ho, everyone that thirsts. Come ye to the waters, and he that has no money, come, buy and eat. And yes, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Verse 2, wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread? And that's what's going on a lot, folks. Uh, You know, bread is symbolic in this scripture of Yeshua. He is the bread of life, and he's the word of God. And what he's saying here, basically, is that a lot of people back then and in the end times today, the, the latter part of the last days, are spending a lot of money on teachings that aren't really giving him the type of nourishment that they need, the spiritual nourishment. So anyway, verse 2, Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfies not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Verse 3, Now, this is how you can tell this is talking about the word of God. Incline your ear and come unto me here. When we eat something, we don't hear it, right? I mean, we're not, <laughs> we're not focusing on hearing, right? Uh, eating physical food. Anyway, incline your ear and come unto me here, and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant agreement with you, even the sure mercies of David. So it tells you that if someone is teaching the truth, he's going to certainly teach you, or she in some cases, is going to teach you about the mercies of, of Yah, in this case of David, and David really that's talking about the mercies of Messiah. Messiah is a part of yod heh or God. So um, that's what it's talking about, folks, and that's one of the major reasons why all of my teachings are free. And I, I just want to say this, too. I was talking to some people the other day. Don't assume that because my teachings are free, they don't have any value, all right? So that that's another thing. People think because they're paying for something, you know. Not, not when you're talking about the truth, the word of Yah. That's a totally different ball game, and his truth is priceless. Okay, we are going to talk about a topic that I've been thinking about for several months. Well, actually, 
the last couple of months. I've been really, it's been bugging me here. Um, boasting against the branches. Now, the branches certainly are the Jewish people or the people that are part of the tribe of Judah. I'm going to explain that today because I, I originally was going to make it a separate program, but I, I think I'm going to go ahead and include um, a simple way that you can use the Bible to identify who the Jews are, which tribe they belong to, because <clears throat> there has been, I don't know if it's intentional or not, but it is not the truth, folks. Um, people have been taught, especially in the Messianic uh, Judaism uh, circle, that the Jews are not a part of Judah. And that doesn't make any sense at all, even when you compare the two words, uh, Judah, Jews, they are similar. So, But I, anyway, I'm going to use the Bible to, to prove uh, that uh, great misunderstanding and that, it, that the Jews are a part of Judah because this is some, certainly something that is attached to what I'm going to talk about today. But first, let me uh, make some important announcements. I'm going to do this at the beginning of each and every program so you remember. I do have virtual meetings every Saturday or Shabbat at 3 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. So wherever you're at around the world, you could, uh, I can host up to 1,000 people. <laughs> so so um, please, and then you can also um, do video. It's, it's entirely free. It's from freeconferencecall.com. And so if you want to join me wherever you're at around the world, every Shabbat at 3 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, Simply go to the Merciful Servants of God Meetup group. Just type in in your Google search engine, Merciful Servants of God Meetup, and then go ahead and sign up, and then you'll get notifications of when we have the meetings. And in most cases, we're going to have the meetings uh, every Saturday at 3 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. You could, we're going to do a, a Bible study based on the Torah, traditional Torah readings, and we also uh, may do the, um, the uh, three-year cycle, which takes longer to complete the cycle but it's more concise and if i'm running short of time then that will defer to that one if you want to get on my free newsletter please uh email me at kennard k-e-n-n-a-r-d at mercifulserviceofgod.com that's kennard k-e-n-n-a-r-d at mercifulserviceofgod.com and give me your email address and i will put you on my newsletter uh, you, you subscribe to my newsletter i'm going to I do talk about realistic prophecy. I think um, I'm going to give a program on what I mean when I say that. And uh, I, I also uh, give you some spiritual nourishment from the Bible and, and some motivation to continue on the, the battle and the fight against Hasatana, the devil, the adversary. And then also I'm going to be re resurrecting, uh, resurrecting my blog again, and then those who subscribe to the newsletter you'll receive uh, whenever I uh, update my blog on special Bible studies, you'll receive that as well. I'm also broadcasting on Messianic Lamb Radio every Tuesday at 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. You can simply type in uh, the search box, Merciful, I mean, not Merciful, MessianicLambRadio.com, MessianicLambRadio.com. And I'm broadcasting every Tuesday at 8 o'clock. I'm right now I'm doing an entire Bible study on the book of Isaiah. So um, to you, if you want to listen. Finally, for those who have a giving heart, who understand the importance of giving, uh, please go to my website, MercifulServanceOfGod.com, and click 
the yellow donate button. MercifulServanceOfGod.com. Click the yellow donate button and please uh, give to your instructor. And this this applies not just for me, but anybody. If you're listening to me and you're getting something out of this, and it's helping you understand the Bible better than God commands you to do the following. Galatians chapter 6, verse 6. But whoever is being instructed in the word should share all good things he has with his instructor. So, And there's, there's plenty of other scriptures, uh, folks, that I could, uh, let me quote another one. 1 Timothy chapter 5, First uh, Timothy chapter 5, verse 17. It says, the leaders who lead well should be considered worthy of double honor, especially those working hard at communicating the word and at teaching. And so I want to focus on that a little bit because working hard is not always picking up a box or a painting or being a carpenter. Working also is writing, studying, uh, reading, uh, producing PowerPoint presentations. When people call call me or text me or my wife and they have issues, calling them, talking to them, trying to solve their problems, that's that's a lot of work, folks. That's a lot of work. And then... What we have to do is communicate the word to help them so that they can improve in, in their spiritual walk. And verse 18 of 1 Timothy chapter 5 says, For the Tanakh says, You are not to muzzle an ox when it is treading out the grain. In other words, the worker deserves his wages. And so here I am. I mean, I've been preaching for a long time, and you know I'm going to continue to offer uh, what I teach for free, whether or not people give to me or not. But I am commanded to teach people to give, and that's what I'm going to do. So that's entirely up to you. That's between you and Yah, but I know what he says is that you should certainly give to people who are preaching the truth out the Bible. And I'm not just talking about me. I'm talking about anyone. All right, so boasting against the branches. What is Paul talking about here? Well, in, starting in Romans chapter 9 through 11, he talks about Israel and and how Israel, all of them, or them as a nation, will be saved in the end. And so, what you, you need, and I need to provide a short history lesson here, because most people are taught incorrectly about the Jews. All right, so number one, let me ask you a question. Do you think Abraham was a Jew? Well, according to the Bible, he was not a Jew. Do you think Moses was a Jew? No, he was not. According to the Bible, Moses was not a Jew. See, this is an assumption. Now, it's true that Abraham, through the seed of Abraham, the Jews came about. But Abraham was not a Jew. That is one of the greatest uh, lies that has ever been taught by a Jew, ladies and gentlemen. And that's... that's <laughs> That's uh, unfortunate by by the fact of their own identity has been clouded over the years. I know me and my wife, we were taking, uh, when we were going to the Jewish Community Center, and we were taking uh, a two-year course on Judaism, understanding uh, the basic teachings of Judaism, uh, the Talmud, Mishnah, and so forth. And he started talking about the Jewish people in Egypt, the Jewish people in Egypt, the Jewish people in this and Jewish people in that. And, and, and my wife, she was like, wait a minute, um, there were 12 tribes. Um, there was no Jewish people at that time, and then he finally admitted, "Yeah, you were you were right," you know. And so, that is the truth, folks. And if you want to know the truth, look. Let, let, let me let me turn to Revelation twelve verse nine. You, you got to understand the devil here. The devil is so clever. 
He's so clever. He's very wise, and he knows how to deceive people. Revelation 12, verse 9. The great dragon was thrown out, that ancient serpent, also known as the devil and Hasatan, the deceiver of the whole world. This is found in the book of Revelation or the Apocalypse. This applies uh, in the 21st century as much as it applied back then in the 1st century when this was written back in 96 A.D. He was hurled down to the earth and his angels were hurled down with him. So what this devil does on a consistent basis, he is a specialist and an expert in deception. All right? I want you to understand that. And Ephesians 2 verse 2 tells you what his modus operandi is. Ephesians 2 verse 2. Where in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air or the atmosphere, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. Verse 3, among also whom we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Now, here's another companion scripture to this. Go to Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 16, Jeremiah chapter 16, Jeremiah chapter 16, verse 19. O master, my strength and my fortress and my refuge in the day of affliction. The Gentiles, in this context, is talking about people that were not a part of Israel and also people that um, were heathens, all right? The Gentiles shall come unto thee from the ends of the earth, or Eretz in Hebrew, and shall say, Surely our fathers have inherited what? Lies, vanity, and things wherein there is no profit. One of the greatest lies in religion is the fact all Israel are the Jews. That is one. If someone asked me what is one of the, give me a list of one of the greatest lies ever taught in theology, that's one of them. That is one of the greatest lies. And I tell you, when people teach the truth about this, they get persecuted. They get persecuted, and it only fulfills what Isaiah stated in Isaiah chapter 59, verse 1. He says, Behold, the master's land is, hand rather is not shortened, that it cannot save, neither his ear that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God. Certainly believing false doctrine is an iniquity, and your sins have hid his face from you. Well, it's an iniquity if you... If you know that it's false and you continue to practice it, all right? Let me clarify that. All right, so, but your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. But deception, whether or not you are aware of it or not, is still not good, and it brings curses. And the biggest curse is that it, it gives you the inability to not understand the Bible properly. Uh, and, and in terms of understanding the tribes, you will not understand Bible prophecy properly. Anyway, verse 3, your hands are defiled with blood and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies. Your tongue have muttered perverseness. Verse 4, now this is in the context of not wanting or desiring the truth. None calls for justice nor pleads for truth. What is truth? Psalm 119, 142, truth is all the doctrines of Yah. And it's not just the, what is called today the Old Testament. It's also the New Testament. All of it is his instructions. Of course, the first five books that were written by Moses is the foundation of that instruction. But there is plenty of other instruction all throughout the Bible, ladies and gentlemen. All right? So verse 4, none calls for justice, nor pleads for truth, 
They trust in vanity and speak lies. They conceive mischief and bring forth iniquity. And so if you are continuing to teach this, for those who know better, if you're continuing to teach that the Jews are a part of the tribe of Judah, after I show you that that's not true out the Bible, then you are in trouble. And you need to repent of that. Because I'm getting tired of hearing this stuff. I'm really tired of hearing lies that aren't true. So anyway, yes, and this is a correction thing, and people get all riled up because I'm trying to correct. Well, that's one of the things that we and other elders must do. For those who don't understand that, let's go to uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. I charge thee, and this is for those who say, oh, Paul was a false apostle. This is based on the instruction that God gave the elders in the first chapter of Deuteronomy. This is an elder responsibility is to correct the people. 2 Timothy 4, verse 1, I charge therefore before Yah and the Master, Yeshua Messiah, who shall judge the quick and the dead at disappearing in kingdom. Verse 2, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove. So even when it's not convenient, I have to do it. This is one of the things that I don't like about this job. I'm being honest with you. I would like it better if people understood that love also involves correction, but they don't. But anyway, I have to do it anyway. Just like God told the prophet Ezekiel, please preach to my people anyway, even though they won't do what you tell them. All right? So anyway, preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. That time has already come in the 21st century. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. In other words, what they want to hear, not the truth. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. One of the greatest fables ever in the history of theology, again, is that all of Israel are the Jews. Let me tell you again. One of the greatest lies in all of theology is the fact that they teach that all Israel are the Jews. That is one of the greatest fables ever in the history of theology. And I'm going to prove that to you today. Look, folks, we gotta be, I'm not saying you should go to scholars, but we've got to be careful when we go to scholars, ladies and gentlemen. The Bible really is, is the book that we need to decipher all the scholarship. All right? I understand we need teachers, but we've got to, and this is, I'm, I'm including myself in this, we have to put our teachers under examination because none of us, including myself, are not perfect. Acts 17, verse 11, it says right here, These were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind. And this is how you receive the word with readiness of mind, readiness of mind, and search the scriptures sometimes, no, daily. What are those things? Were so that's why I, I tell the sheep that I shepherd to study the Bible every day. Every day. Just like you eat every day. That's what you have to do. If you don't do that, you're not going to develop the spiritual growth to fight Hasatan or the adversary or the devil. You have to search the scriptures daily and to check whether those things not. You shouldn't say, well, okay, I want to find a fault that Canars, I want to see if he's teaching error. You know, that's, not, that's the wrong attitude. You, you should just check to make sure that what I'm preaching is correctly. And if I'm saying something wrong, just email me, Canard at Merciful Service. God.com, show me, prove me out the Bible, not out of your own mind. 
But prove out of the Bible that what you're saying is true. And I will change. I will automatically change if you can show me the proof. If anybody can prove to me that the Jews are not Judah based on the Bible, please email me. I don't see where that's at. I've studied this for years. But, hey, who knows? You know, I'm not perfect. But based on the scriptures that I have examined, that's impossible unless there's mistranslations or whatever, okay? But some people translate the scripture the way they want it, just to make it say, well, you know, and I, I don't play those games. I, I'll go by the original language that the, the, the Bible was written in. I use lexicons. I'm trying to learn biblical Hebrew right now as I'm speaking. But, you know, you've got to understand that God promised that he would preserve his word, and he said that he would preserve his word in a different language, ladies and gentlemen. Isaiah chapter 28, verse 11 tells us that. And people seem to act like that's not true today. Isaiah 28, verse 11, for with stammering lips in another language, will he speak to this people? And that is, that's a prophecy that's been fulfilled. Uh, most Jews know how to speak English, okay? English is uh, one of the most popular languages in, in the land of uh, Israel, you know, and, and English is a very important language. And and people seem to think that the English translations that were translated even from the word from word, that's the best translation, the English translation word for word, are not reliable. And I say the native that. I mean, these people that know the original languages don't even know things that they should know. I know. I've, I've been around them. And so it, it's, it's not that. It's not that. That's not the, the thing that will uh, determine whether or not uh, you, you understand uh, the Bible or not. What's going to determine whether or not you will understand the Bible is whether or not you want to obey them. That is what will determine whether or not uh, you, you understand the Bible, ladies and gentlemen. And it doesn't make a difference of your level of intelligence. I'm trying to find a scripture. I was reading it the other day uh, about that. Uh, let me see if I can find it. But it doesn't make a difference about your level of intelligence, ladies and gentlemen, in terms of the Bible. Uh, God is prophesied through, the, through his uh, prophet Isaiah about this. Here we go. Yeah, Isaiah chapter 29. Isaiah chapter 29, verse 10. And this is a prophecy, and this prophecy is still, still in force today. A lot of prophecy can be applied to any age as far as the social conditions, and that's what I'm going to, I'm going to give a Bible study in the future on realistic prophecy to understand it. But anyway, a lot of, a lot of prophecy has something to do with motivating you to do teshuva, to change, to come back, to change your social behavior, learn how to care about people. That's that's the, one of the ultimate reasons why there is prophecy, to motivate you to change and become a better person. All right, so Isaiah 29, verse 10, it says, For the Master has poured out unto you the spirit of deep sleep, and has closed your eyes, the prophets and your rulers, the seers, has he covered. And the vision of all this has become as you as the words of a book that is sealed. And that is interesting because the, the book of Daniel was sealed until the times we're living in today, and the book of Revelation was sealed until the times that we're living in today. That's not a Bible study, but anyway. Uh, which men deliver to one that is learned, saying, read this, I pray. And he said, I cannot, for it is still learned, educated, scholarly, right? Well, verse 12, and the book is delivered to him that is not learned, saying, read this, I pray. And he said, I have not learned. So biblical ignorance can affect the scholar just as the non-scholar 
or the ignorant. All right. Verse 13, wherefore the master said, for as much as his people draw near me with their mouth and with their lips do honor me, but has removed their heart from me <clears throat> and their fear toward me is taught by the precept of men. And that's, that's a lot of stuff going around like that. Ladies and gentlemen, and remember now, Yeshua, and people say, well, he was God, that's the reason why. Yeah, true, but his disciples weren't taught at a seminary or the, or the popular Jewish schools back then, and they were so astounded at their knowledge. And so you don't have to go to seminary. You don't have to to master the Hebrew and Greek languages, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> to understand the Bible. Believe me, I know you don't. All you need to do is have a desire to want to read it. Uh, not to say that, that those tools the original languages aren't of great help when you know how to use them properly. But don't get too carried away by, oh, I've got to get this guy book, that book, that book, and to understand the Bible, or I'm not going to read that until I get this book. No, you, know, you, you read the, the particular book in the Bible you're trying to understand with the tool, okay? Don't be dependent so much on that. Realize that God's words are living. They are life. John 6, verse 63 says that. The words that I tell you, they are, are, are life. Let me just turn there. John 6, verse 63. John 6, verse 63. Okay, so it says, It is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So the living words. All right, so before I go off on a tangent here, let's get back to what I'm supposed to be talking about today, right? What does it mean to boast? against the branches. All right, I'm going to read this. In Romans 11, verse 17 to 24, in the complete Jewish Bible version. But if some of the branches were broken off, and you, a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them, and have become equal shares in the rich root of the olive tree. Now, see, this is why I know that what I read, the prophecies, is true. Because somebody that is scholarly, if they don't understand this simple statement right here, it says, the wild olive tree, which represents people who aren't of the tribe of Judah, okay, were grafted in among them and have become equal shares in the rich root of the olive tree. Then don't boast as if you were better than the branches. The branches are, are, are the Jewish or the tribe of Judah, okay? However, if you do boast, remember that you are not supporting the root. The root is supporting you. See, Paul was writing this at a time when the, the tribe of Judah, uh, and Benjamin and Levi were united to be the tribe of Judah. Some of the tribes that were taken away in 721 B.C. by the king of Isaiah, uh, they assimilated along with them, but not all of them, as I'm going to prove to you today. And so that's what made up Israel back then in the first century. So that's what you got to understand there. So when Paul was writing this, Israel consists of Judah, Levi, Benjamin, and just at the beginning of this chapter, chapter 11 of Romans, Paul stated that he was of the tribe of Benjamin, but at that time, Benjamin was identified with being of the tribe of Judah. All right? You can prove that by the first couple of chapters of Ezra and read that. All right, so, because Ezra, that is a witness, one of the witnesses in any way of when the Jews, uh, when they were taken into captivity by King Nebuchadnezzar back in 586 B.C., then Cyrus announced that they can return back and rebuild the temple that was destroyed. Judah, Benjamin, and Levi, and a few people, a few, from the northern tribes came back. And from that day forward, that is what has been recognized today as Israel. 
All right, so you have to understand that. If you don't understand that, then you're not going to understand Romans chapter 11. All right? So Israel at this time was the Jews, but that doesn't mean that all of Israel are the Jews. All right? So let's continue on. So we're grafted and among them and become equal shares in the rich root of the olive tree. Then don't boast as if you are better than the branches. However, if you do boast, remember that you are not supporting the root. The root is supporting you. Now, the the root simply is the agreement or the covenant. You know, it's, it's all Israel. And at, this, at the time that Paul was writing this, Israel consisted of, again, the Jews, Levi, Benjamin, and a few of the... Uh, a few of the people from the tribes, but not all of them. All right, so that was Israel at that time. So you would say branches were broken. So you you would say the branches were broken also that I might be grafted in. And they were all called Jews at that time. True, but so what? They were broken off because of their lack of trust. However, you keep your place only because of your trust. So don't be arrogant. On the contrary, be terrified. Be terrified. For if God did not spare the natural branches, he certainly won't spare you. So take a good look at Yah's kindness and his severity. On the one hand, severity toward those who fell off. But on the other hand, Yah's kindness toward you, provided you maintain yourself in that kindness. Otherwise, you too will be cut off. Moreover, the others, if they do not persist in their lack of trust, will be grafted in. Because Yah is able to graft them back in. For if you are cut off, cut out of what is by nature a wild olive tree and grafted in, contrary to nature... Into a cultivated olive tree, how much more will these natural branches be grafted back into their own olive tree? All right, so this is talking about Israel and people that aren't a part of Israel, okay, being grafted in. This is simply talking about people that aren't of the tribes being grafted in. That's what this is simply talking about, ladies and gentlemen. Another misunderstanding is, I told you before, that the Jewish people are just of the tribe of Judah. I'm getting ready to prove that to you in a minute. But also there are other tribes. Where do they go? And that's why historians said there, there are tribes that are lost. Well, I don't have enough time to go over completely this whole story, but what you need to do is go to a Jewish Orthodox individual called Yurdavidi at www.britam.org that's www.britam.org and understand what he has written there and realize that it is the truth. I've checked it over and over and over again and he's teaching the truth about who the tribes are today. Alright, so in Romans 2 verse 17 to 20 states, but if you call yourself a Jew and rest on Torah and boast about God. Now remember, a Jew at this time and what is understood today and was prophesied for everybody to identify Israel with the Jews. Okay? But it doesn't mean that all the Jews are Israel. I'm going to show that to you in a minute. But if you call yourself a Jew, and a Jew in the first century, again, and from the first century on, as far as most people's conceptions are understanding, is someone who uh, is of the tribe, uh, some, a Jew today, most people interpret a Jew being all of Israel. Okay, that's the point I was trying to make. All right, And at that time, Jew was synonymous with Israel because all the other tribes were still, according to Josephus and other Jewish historians, they were, were scattered. All right, All the rest of the tribes of Israel. 
other than the tribe of Judah, Levi, and Benjamin, All right, which merged into being called the tribe of Judah or a part of the tribe of Judah. But if you, if you call yourself a Jew and rest on Torah and boast about God and know his will and give your approval to what is right because you have been instructed from Torah and if you have persuaded yourself that you are a guide to the blind, this is what a Jew should be. This is their responsibilities. That you are a guide to the blind, a light in the darkness, an instructor for the spiritually unaware, and a teacher of children. Since in the Torah you have the embodiment of knowledge and truth. So this is prophesied that Judah of the Jews would be the lawgivers, and I'm going to show that to you. All right? And so I want you to understand something. That we are not to boast against the Jewish branches, ladies and gentlemen. If we do that, then, you know, here in 1 Corinthians 8, verse 1, it says, Now, as touching things offered to idols, we know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffeth up, but charity edifieth. And so, in verse 2, it says, of 1 Corinthians chapter 8, And if any man thinketh he knoweth anything, he knoweth nothing, yet as he ought to know. And so, what is boasting against the Jewish branches? Which most people identify with Israel today. Well, when you start understanding that Yeshua is a Jew, when you start understanding that the Jews don't understand, that um, you understand deeper, that they don't understand that Yeshua is the Messiah, well, you understand that many Jews don't understand the truth of the tribes either, along with other Christians and people in the Hebrew Roots Movement and, and people are, that are in the Messianic uh, Jewish congregation movement as well. Many of them don't understand that. Then you say, okay, well, I know something that you don't know. <laughs> I'm better than you. And then you start saying, hmm, are the Jews right about everything they're teaching here? Uh, let me go and do some research. Let me do some research. Oh, I, uh, I don't think the way the Jews teach it, uh, I don't think a day is a day when the sun sets. Oh, um, they're not keeping the calendar based on uh, the way they did it uh, in the um, during the time of Yeshua, uh, and a few other things uh, I found that they're not doing. And so, because of that, I'm just going to go ahead and separate myself from the Jews, because I know more to them now. That's being arrogant, folks. And I hate to say this, but it's the truth. It it kind of pictures the Hebrew roots movement, um, going off in different tangents and, and thinking you don't need. To, to be a part of the root anymore. And I have to I have to tell you this. This is what I've experienced in, in my over 30 years of keeping Torah. Boasting against the branches. And every assembly, with the exception of the one I'm, I'm assembling with now, is a Messianic Jewish synagogue. I've seen boasting against the branches. And it's a form of anti-Semitism. Uh, no, I've just had correspondence with this one individual that seems to think that Paul was a false apostle. And Paul is of the tribe of Judah, of Benjamin, but Benjamin merged in with Judah. And so you're persecuting a Jew. You're being anti-Semitic and don't even know it. And then this person doesn't want to believe what Paul said about Peter. Uh, I mean, what Peter said about Paul, saying that his writings are difficult. They are being arrogant and thinking that they can do this without being instructed by a Jew. And I'm not talking about just a Jew who's Orthodox. 
because they they listen to Nehemia Gordon stuff, and you know Nehemia Gordon, I, I respect him, but he is not a believer. And so I would rather listen to a Jew that's a believer than someone who isn't. But still, you know, I I I, I read and and, and uh, so occasionally listen to Jews that aren't believers, but I'm very careful about it because they are teaching under the paradigm of model that Yeshua is not the Messiah. So you have to be very careful. It's like Yeshua warned us in, in Matthew 16, verse 6, uh, be careful of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And so he didn't tell us not to, to read their teachings, but we have to be careful when we read. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 15, an account the long-suffering of the Master's salvation, even as our beloved Shaul or Paul, also according to the wisdom given to him is written unto you, verse 16, as also in his epistles, speaking in them of these things, which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest as they do other scriptures into their own destruction. And that's what's going on right now. This individual thinks, and it's not just this individual, anybody that follows the false doctrine that Paul's a false apostle and, and none of his writings are, are the word of God or scripture and, and, and the New Testament is not scripture, um, they, they suffer from that. They don't understand what Peter just said here. It has been saying for years because it's written. Uh, as inspired scripture. And so, and so, I hope you understand that we are not to boast against the branches. And then Proverbs 13, verse 10 says, only by pride comes contention. I read a document from the Messianic, um, one of the Messianic synagogue organizations, and they stated that, well, I think, uh, I'm trying to remember which one, but stated in the document that the Hebrew roots people don't care about us. And, I, and, I, and when I read that, I'm like, okay, um, am I showing that I care about it? <laughs> because you're sure, there was various, many people don't understand this, but you would understand this if you did a, a, a thorough study of first century Judaism and the conflicts at that time. But there were many different uh, sects in Judaism, or it wasn't called Judaism, but the religion of the Jews back there. But Yeshua didn't let that stop him from um, fellowshipping with the, with his fellow Jews. Uh, Luke 4, verse 16 proves this. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on Shabbat and stood up to read. And there was delivered into the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. So, you know, he did this as his custom was. He went into a synagogue, and then when you read, of what the non-Jews did that weren't of the tribe of, of Judah or those that weren't of, of Israel and they came into Israel, uh, they worshipped with the Jews in the synagogues. And so why is there a separation today? That's another Bible study. But there should not be a separation. And because of that separation, that has certainly contributed to all this division that we have today. Because, you know, Christians... And also Hebrew roots people think they can just do it on their own. We don't need the Jews anymore because we're better than them now. And that's not true, ladies and gentlemen. Paul, well, let me, before I even get into that, let me prove to you out of the Bible that the Jews are linked with Judah. Okay, so, first of all, do you, any of you know, I'm just asking you a question, what is the first occurrence of the word Jews in the Bible? All right, that's found in 2 Kings chapter 16. 2 Kings chapter 16, 
and this program certainly will go over, so um, I'll probably be done at 2.30, but uh, you can catch this program in the archives. And I should have put this program for uh, two hours. <laughs> I should have, but, yeah. but anyway, Second Kings 16, verse 1 to 6. I'm going to read this slowly. In the 17th year of Pekah, the son of Mamaliah, Ahaz, the son of Jotham, king of Judah, began to reign. Okay, so it's talking about Ahaz, or Ahaz, the son of Jotham, the king of Judah. So that is the king of Judah, Ahaz, all right? Verse 2, 20 years old was Ahaz when he began to reign, and he reigned 16 years in Jerusalem and did that which was right in the sight of the master, his, like, his, like David his father. Verse 3, but he walked in the way of the kings of Israel and made his son to pass through the fire. Oh, he wait a minute. He's, and he did not. He did not that which was right in the sight of the Lord. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> that didn't sound right. Okay, so Ahaz did not do what was right in the sight of the master, like David his father. Verse 3. But he walked in the way of the kings of Israel and made his son to pass through the fire according to the abomination of the heathen, whom the master cast out before the children of Israel. So there were a few righteous kings of Judah, but most of them were wicked, unfortunately, and this was, was one of them. Verse 4, and he sacrificed and burnt incense in the high places on the hills and under every green tree. Verse 5 of Second Kings chapter 16, then Rezin, king of Syria, and Pekah, the son of Remaliah, the king of Israel, came up to Jerusalem to war, and they besieged Ahaz, but could not overcome him, or Ahaz. Stand that king Ahaz is the king of Judah. So verse 6, at that time Rezin, king of Syria, recovered Elaph to Syria and drave the Jews from Elaph and the Syrians to Elaph and dwelt there unto this day. So that word Jew, that's the first occurrence of the word Jew, is associated with Judah. Now, let's go to other scriptures here. And that's the first occurrence of the word Jew. Ezra 5, verse 1. Ezra 5, verse 1. Ezra 5, verse 1. Then the prophets, Haggai the prophet, Zechariah the son of Edo, prophesied unto the Jews that were in Judah and Jerusalem, in the name of God of Israel unto them. That's enough proof to me, folks, but I'm going to show you some more. Then the prophets, Haggai the prophet, Zechariah the son of Edo, prophesied unto the Jews that were in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of God of Israel unto them. All right, more scriptures. More scriptures. Nehemiah or Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 2. Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 2. Hanani, one of my brethren, came, he and certain men of Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped that were left of the captivity and concerning Jerusalem. So, let me repeat this again. Verse 2 of uh, Nehemiah, chapter 1. That Hanani, one of my brethren, came, he and certain men of Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped because the Jews were linked with Judah. The Jews are of the tribe of Judah. That's why. All right, now, let's turn to another one. Jeremiah chapter 40, verse 11 to 12. Jeremiah chapter 40, verse 11 to 12. Likewise, when all the Jews that were in Moab and among the Ammonites and Edom and that were in all the countries heard that the king of Babylon had left a remnant of Judah and that he has set over them Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, the son of Shaphan, verse 12, even all the Jews returned out of their places where they were driven and came to the land of Judah. Okay, again, Jews, 
they are associated with the tribe of Judah, or in this case, the land of Judah, which is Jerusalem or Jerusalem. Okay, so a clear picture should be showing folks of this. At least I hope. Verse 12 of Jeremiah, verse 40, And even all the Jews returned out of their places where they were driven. And in verse 15, it says, Then Johanan, the son of Kerry, spoke to Gedaliah and Mizpah secretly, saying, Let me go, I pray thee, and I will say Ishmael, the son of Nathaniah, and no man shall know. Wherefore should he slay that all the Jews which are gathered into these should be scattered and the remnant in Judah perish? Again, Jews is synonymous with Judah, ladies and gentlemen. Don't let anyone tell you that the Jews are not associated with Judah. This is such common sense knowledge, folks. Okay? And the first couple of chapters of Ezra show you that Levi and Benjamin came back with the Jews. And they are today the Jewish people. All right? Abraham was not a Jew. Moses was a part of the tribe of Levi at the time. Now, let's go into further detail about this. I'm going to use Yer Davidi's website here. And he has a website that says, Why the Jews are Judah? Why the Jews are Judah? All right? Now, here's the big question. Are the Jews Jewish? Now, and you guys need to jot this down. In Jeremiah, not Jeremiah, Genesis 38, verse 29, Judah through Tamar begat Perez and Zerah. And this is in Jeremiah 38, verse 29 to 30. From Perez came the house of David, or David, from which came the future Messiah. Now, all people understand that David was a Jew. All right? Judah, and he was the king of, 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 of Judah, and, and of course, uh, back then, the two tribes were united, the two Houses were united back then. Judah would keep the law and teach his brethren who would eventually acknowledge the righteousness of Judah. Now, Genesis 49, verse 8 says, Judah, thou art he whom thy brethren shall praise. The expression in Hebrew, translated as shall praise, should more correctly be rendered as acknowledge the righteousness of or own up to. The righteousness of Judah will be recognized by his brethren, his inheritance acknowledged, and his truth owed up to. Judah would be like an old lion, Genesis 49, verse 9. Judah, unlike the other tribes, would always be recognizable as descended from Israel. That's the reason why when people think of the Jews, they think of Israel. All right? The scepter, Shabbat, in Hebrew, it means, it's a tribal identification. It means tribes in Hebrew. Shall not depart from Judah. So the tribes shall not depart from Judah, Genesis 49, verse 10. Judah will keep the Torah. This is found in Genesis 49, verse 8 to 10. Psalm 60, verse 7. Let's turn there. Psalm 60, verse 7. It says, Gideon is mine, Manasseh is mine, Ephraim also is the strength of my head, and Judah is my lawgiver. If you're a lawgiver, you're going to be teaching it. So the Jews, they teach the law. I just read to you in Romans chapter 2. That's what they are supposed to do. They are our teachers. Yeshua came as a Jew, and I can understand why, based on the fact that the Jews are our teachers. Psalm 108 108, because he's the greatest teacher of all, other than his father. Psalm 108, verse 90, verse 9, rather, verse 8. Psalm 108, verse 8. Gilead is my Manasseh is my Ephraim, also is the strength of my head, and Judah is my lawgiver, is my lawgiver. And in Zechariah 8, verse 19 and 23, 19 and 23, Zechariah 8. 
states. Thus says the master of hosts, the fast of the fourth and the fast of the fifth, the fast of the seventh, the fast of the fifth shall be to the house of Judah, joy and gladness and cheerful feast. Therefore, the love, therefore love the truth and peace. It was prophesied for Judah to keep the Torah, not Ephraim, not the ten tribes. The ten tribes were divorced by him. All right? Verse 23, thus says the master of hosts, in those days it shall come to pass that ten men shall take hold out of the language of the nations. And even shall take hold of the skirt of him that is a Jew, saying, We will go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. And this is pretty interesting. There's ten, ten men. Some people think that this is talking about the ten tribes coming back and waking up, based on Ezekiel chapter 37. But still, it shows you that the importance of the Jew being the teachers. They are the teachers. And ten, for proof that he divorced the ten tribes, the, uh, the house of Israel, uh, let's turn to Jeremiah. Verse 8, and this is in the context, he's talking about the ten tribes here. Uh, and I saw when all, for all your causes whereby backsliding Israel committed adultery, I had put her away. And so he divorced backsliding Israel of the house of Israel, and, and he's given her a bill of divorce. So what is, is the agreement that all, of, all the tribes made? All the tribes said that they would keep the Torah. They would keep the Sabbath and holy days, right? Well, Right here is a prophecy where God had divorced the ten tribes. All right? And I saw, when, and for all the causes whereby backsliding Israel committed adultery, I had put her away and given her a bill of divorce, yet her treacherous sister Judah feared not, but went and played the harlot. But he didn't divorce Judah. That's the reason why people see Judah as Israel. But he divorced the ten tribes. But prophesied that he would gained them back in the future. All right? So I just want, I want to explain that to you. And that's the reason why Christians don't understand they should keep Torah. That's why some Jews don't understand it, that, that people that aren't Jews should be keeping Torah. Many of, of the Christians today are part of the other tribes and don't even know it. They should be keeping Torah anyway. But, of course, Gentiles who attach themselves to Israel should be keeping Torah as well. You know, Yah is an, he's an equal opportunity Yah. He's not someone who's partial. Judah was to be persecuted. Uh, Jeremiah 1, verse 15. Zechariah 8, verse 13. Isaiah chapter 53. Uh, now, since Yeshua is a part of Israel, that can be understood, of course, as referring to his people as well, being persecuted. Isaiah 42, verse 10, Psalm 44, verse 22. Judah was to be known as Judah of the Jew. I just read that to you. Judah will begin to return to the land of Israel and develop it. And that's in Zephaniah chapter 2, Micah 4, verse 8, Hosea 6, verse 11. Now, here's an interesting scripture that most people don't have a clue about uh, because they weren't taught it. I wasn't either until God opened my mind. At first, Judah will be reluctant to recognize Joseph. Joseph is Ephraim and Manasseh. And Ephraim can be understood as being all the ten tribes. I'm going to show that to you today, too. Isaiah 49, verse 21. Isaiah 49, verse 21. States here. Thou Then shall thou say in thy heart, Who has begotten me these, seeing I have lost my children, and am desolate, a captive, and removing to and fro? And who have brought these up these? Behold, I was left alone. These... Where have they been? So that's a prophecy telling you that Judah 
were not recognized, a good portion of Judah were not recognized who the ten tribes are. And let's turn to Hosea chapter 8. And, and it was prophesied that Ephraim, or the ten tribes, will be among the other Gentile nations. Hosea chapter 8, verse 8. For finding fault with them, he said, Behold, the days come, says the master, when I will make a new covenant. Oh, <laughs> that's uh, in Hebrews. Hosea chapter 8. Hosea chapter 8, verse 8. Hosea chapter 8, verse 8. Israel is swallowed up. Now shall they be among the Gentiles as a vessel when there is no pleasure. Where there is no pleasure. In this context, it's talking about Samaria. Samaria, Jews did not, they weren't in Samaria. That was the capital city of the house of Israel. So in this context, it's talking about the ten tribes. Israel is swallowed up. Now shall they be among the Gentiles as a vessel where there is no pleasure. Verse 9, for they have gone up to Isaiah. There we go. A wild eyes by himself. Ephraim has hired lovers. Yes, though they had hired among the nations, now will I gather them, and they shall, they, they shall sorrow a little for the burden of the king of princes, because Ephraim has made many altars to sin. Altars shall also be unto him as sin. I have written to him the great things of my Torah, but they were counted as a strange thing. And so that's another sign of who Ephraim is today. Isn't the Torah a strange thing to Christians today? It's a strange thing to them. You know, they they butcher up Paul's writings to to, to say, oh, the law's been done away with. And in verse 12, I have written to him the great things of my Torah, but they were counted as a strange thing. They sacrificed flesh for sacrifice of my offerings and eat it, but the master accept him not now. Now will, will he remember their iniquity and visit their sins, and they shall return to Egypt. So that's a prophecy of the future. Verse 14, for Israel has forgotten his maker and built of temples. And Judah has multiplied fenced cities. So that proves that this is not talking about Judah. It's talking about Israel. Uh, but I will set a fire upon his cities and shall devour the palaces thereof. And so, you know, this is a deep study. I'm doing the best I can. But, you know, what I suggest, you, if you're still confused by this, to do uh, an extensive study, uh, go to Britam.org, www.britam.org, and get his books. You don't have to get his book. He has so much information on his website. And then he also has a YouTube channel, Hebrew Nations. You can go to that and, and, and educate yourself in this because you need to be educated. This is very important to understand who the tribes are, especially now in the latter part of the last days that we're living in today. All right, so Ezekiel 37, which is pretty plain, folks. This, this will certainly help explain to you what I'm talking about, at least I hope so. Ezekiel chapter 37. Verse 15 says, The word of the master came unto me, saying, Moreover, thou son of man, take thee one stick and write upon it for Judah. So picture in your mind one stick and write upon it for Judah and for the children of Israel, his companions. Then take another stick and write upon it for Joseph, the stick of Ephraim, and for all the house of his companions. So there's two sticks. There's one for Judah, which consists today of Benjamin Levi, Benjamin and Levi, and the others that were part of Judah. And then you have the stick of Joseph, the stick of Ephraim, which consists of Ephraim, Manasseh, and the rest of the tribes. All right? So that, that, that's the separation. That is a Bible-revealed uh, separation, ladies and gentlemen, and, the, and they are still separated to this day. Verse 17, and join them one to another to one stick. This, this combination hasn't happened yet. And people have lied to say that it has, and it has not. And they shall become one. It is happening 
but it hasn't happened completed yet. And they shall become one in thy hand. And when the children of thy people shall speak unto thee, saying, Will thou not show us what you mean? Verse 19, saying to them, Thus says the master, Behold, I will take the stick of Joseph, which is in the hand of Ephraim, and the tribes of Israel, his fellows. Let me explain this. In the hand of uh, Ephraim is the stick of Joseph. Joseph consists of two, Ephraim and Manasseh, which, and believe it or not, consists today of the British people and Americans. Okay? That is, can, can be totally proven out of the scriptures, all right? And the tribes of Israel, his, his fellows, and will put with him, even with the stick of Judah, which consists today of uh, Levi and Benjamin, along with the rest of the people of Judah, which are called Jews today, all of them are Jews, and make them one stick, and they shall be one in my hand. Ehad, that has not happened yet. It's happening. That's why the, uh, I, don't, I don't think Messianic Jews realize that they, they have a good portion I know that the one that I attend, they have more Gentiles than they have Jews. The reason why is because this prophecy is being fulfilled. They are coming back. The the, the um, initial stages of it, anyway, hasn't been completed yet. Verse 20, And the sticks wherein thou write shall be in thy hand before thy eyes. And so it looks like I'm going to be going off the air here soon, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, you can get the rest of this important, very important Bible study in the archives. All right? And... So let me continue on here. And the children of Israel, uh, people just speaking to me, saying, Will thou not show us what you mean by this? In verse 19, saying to them, Thus says the master, Behold, I will take the stick of Joseph, which is in the hand of Ephraim, and the tribes of Israel, his fellows, and will put them with him with the stick of Judah, and make them one stick, and they shall be one in my hand. Verse 20, And the sticks wherein thou write shall be in thy hand before thy eyes. In verse 21, And say unto them, Thus says the master, Behold, I will take the children of Israel from among the heathen, whether they be gone and will gather them. I, I just read to you that Hosea 8, verse 8, reveals that the house of Israel, those ten tribes, will have been among the nations. Whether they be gone and will gather them on every side and bring them into their own land. And I will make them one nation in the land upon the mountains of Israel. One king shall be king over them, and they shall be, have no more two nations. Neither shall they be divided into two kingdoms anymore. Neither shall they defile themselves anymore with idols, nor with their detestable things, nor with any of their transgressions. But I will save them out of their dwelling places wherein they have sinned and will cleanse them. So they shall be my people and I will be their God. And David, my servant, shall be king over them. So we know this is a future prophecy. David has not been resurrected yet to rule over the tribes of Israel. But he's prophesied to rule over the tribe of Israel under the Messiah. And they all shall have one shepherd. They shall also walk in my judgments and observe my statutes and do them. Verse 25. And they shall dwell in the land that I have given to Yaakov, my servant, or Jacob. Whereof your fathers have dwelt, and they shall dwell therein, they, their children, and their children's children forever. And my servant David shall be their prince forever. Moreover, I will make a covenant of peace with them. It shall be an everlasting covenant with them. And I will place them and multiply them, and, they, and will set my sanctuary in the midst of them forevermore. My tabernacle also shall be with them. Yes, I will be their Yah, and they shall be my people. And the heathen shall know that I am the Lord that sanctifies, set apart Israel when my sanctuary shall be in the midst of them forevermore. Now, this prophecy, despite what some have been teaching, uh, is totally incorrect, ladies and gentlemen. I am in the uh, recorded stage of the program here. It, it, it is entirely false, and this prophecy has not been fulfilled yet. It certainly has not been fulfilled, ladies and gentlemen. And so we have to understand that. All right. Now, there's another prophecy in Isaiah chapter 11. 
that talks about Ephraim and Judah being, you know, having issues with each other. Okay, and this is a prophecy of the Messiah, the coming of the Messiah. Isaiah 11, verse 9, They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Master as the waters cover the sea. Verse 10, And in that day shall there be a root of Jesse, which shall stand for an ensign of the people. So it shall the Gentiles seek. And these, these are the heathen. These are the people who are not a part of Israel. And his rest shall be glorious. And it shall come to pass in that day that the Master shall set his hand again the second time to recover the remnant of his people, which shall be left from Isaiah and from Egypt, from Patros, from Cush and from Elam, from Shinar, from Hamath and from the islands of the sea. Verse 12, And he shall set up an ensign for the nations and shall assemble the outcasts of Israel and gather together the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. So it's, it's not just uh, Judah. It's also the outcasts of Israel, the other ten tribes. Verse 13, The envy also of Ephraim shall depart, and the adversaries of Judah shall be cut off. Ephraim shall not envy Judah, and Judah shall not vex Ephraim. And that's what's going on right now, ladies and gentlemen. The Jews are, are vexing Ephraim. And one of the part of the vexing is, well, you don't have to keep the Torah. You don't have to keep the Sabbath and holy days. And then Ephraim uh, are, are envious of Judah. And they don't understand that they should keep the law. And so that's what's going on right now, ladies and gentlemen, unfortunately. Uh, that, that's unfortunate. But that's what's going on right now. And so, in verse 14, But they shall fly upon the shoulders of the Philistines toward the, the west. For them of the east together, they shall lay their hand upon Edom and Moab, and the children of Ammon shall obey them. And the master shall utterly destroy the tongue of the, of the Egyptian sea. And with his mighty wind shall he shake his hand over the river, and shall smite it in seven streams, and make men go over dry shot. And there shall be a highway for the remnant of his people, which shall be left from Isaiah, like as it were, like, like, like as it was, to Israel in the day that he came out of the land of Egypt. Okay, so I want to make sure that I'm making myself clear here about Romans chapter 11 here. Israel, during the time that Paul wrote this, consisted of Judah, the tribe of Judah, um, Benjamin, and Levi. They were considered Israel at that time. Now, Paul was a part of the tribe of Benjamin, which, which was merged in with the Jews. So at the time he wrote this, that was who Israel was at this time. And, and anybody that was not a part of that, they were considered Gentiles, and then if they attached themselves to that, they became a part of the commonwealth of Israel. Israel, at the time of the first century, did not consist of all the ten tribes. It consisted of Judah, Benjamin, and Levi, and some of the ten tribes. That is the truth of that. All right. So when you read this, read that with that understanding. All right. So that is that's the way to understand it. So that's the reason why you see many times it talks about Jews and Gentiles, Jews and Gentiles, because uh, much of Israel at the time of the first century was not with the Jews, the tribe of Judah. The rest of those tribes were scattered, and so. I just want to clarify that. So when you read Romans 11, that's what it's talking about. And I've, I've proven to you that those ten tribes are, are, have been lost right now. Uh, what I have not proved to you is that they certainly consist of the Western nations. Uh, and this is a real quick proof. I, I try to use this consistently. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 1 says, Give ear, O ye heavens, will I speak, and hear, O earth, the words of my mouth. And... So this is something we need to pay attention to. And he talks about, at this point, all the tribes were united, including the tribe of Judah. 
And in Deuteronomy chapter 32, states plainly um, that all the tribes at this point, during the times of Moses, have corrupted themselves. They have corrupted themselves. Their spot is not the spot of his children or a perverse and crooked generation. Do you thus requite the Lord, O foolish people and unwise? This is talking about all the tribes, including Judah. Is not he thy father and have brought thee? Has he not made thee and established thee? Remember the days of old. Consider the years of many generations. Ask thy father, and he will show thee thy elders, and they will tell thee. All right? Verse 8, when the Most High divided to the nations their inheritance, when he separated the sons of Adam, he set the bounds of the people according to the number of the children of Israel. Verse 9, for the Lord's portion is his people. Yaakov is the lot of his inheritance. He found him in a desert land, in the waste, howling wilderness. He led him about. He instructed him. He kept him as the apple of his eye. And this is talking about all of Israel, not just the Jews. Verse 11, as an eagle stirred up her nest, fluttered over her wing. Now, what is the symbol of the United States? That's something to do with an eagle, right? Spread abroad her wings, take of them, and it's spread, right? The United States seal, um, coat of arms. Bear them on her wings. Verse 12, so the master alone did lead him, and there was no strange God with him. He made him ride on the high places of the earth. So whoever Israel is today, all the 12 tribes, they ride on the high places of the earth that he might eat the increase of the fields, and he made them to suck honey out of the rock and oil out of the flinty rock. So wherever Israel is today, they all have great oil reserves. Verse 14, butter of kine and milk of sheep with fat of lambs and rams of the breed of Bashan and goats with the fat of kidneys of wheat. Thou didst drink the pure blood of the grape. And Jezreel, and in the Hebrew, that means somebody who's overweight. Okay? And this could be applied to having overabundance, but it also can, can apply to someone who is overweight. But Jezreel waxed fat and kicked, thou art waxing fat, thou art grown thick, thou art covered with fatness. And he forsook God, which made him and lightly esteemed the rock of his salvation. And so, whoever Israel is, they have the best resources in the world, and they have an overabundance, which makes them overweight. And they have access to his words. Who is that today, ladies and gentlemen? Take a map. Take a map and find who are the people that have the richest resources in the world and that sure through their physical appearance they're overweight and they have access to his word, the Western nations, ladies and gentlemen, United States, Canada, Britain, Australia, South Africa, and then the little nation of Israel in the Middle East. That's who it is. All right, let's get back to this other um, article here about the Jews. Are the Jews Jewish? I think I've explained that to you. Okay. Uh, here's, here's 12 points here. The Jews in the present state of Israel have fulfilled all the conditions now concerning Judah in the last days. Number one, Jewish state of Israel and Palestine. The biblical book of Zephaniah chapter 2 predicted that Judah would inherit the coastal regions of Palestine, including Ashad, Ekron, Ashkelon, and all the coastline where they returned from their captivity. That's been fulfilled. Judah and Jerusalem. Zechariah chapter 14 supplements Zephaniah and explains how the Jews of Judah would dwell in Jerusalem and fight in defense of Jerusalem during the same period. Judah would be a military victorious nation in the Middle East. Number three, old new state of Judah predicted. Genesis 49 verse 9 also predicted that Judah in the last days will be like an old lion, an old nation, and a young lion, a reborn entity fighting nation in the end times that cast terror on those around her. All right? Number four, agriculture prosperity, the green line predicted. Genesis 49 verse 12 shows how the reborn state of Israel set up by Judah would be agriculturally prosperous. 
and they are, just like all the rest of the, the tribes where, where they're located. Genesis chapter 49, verse 12. Genesis 49, verse 12. States plainly, his eyes shall be red with wine and his teeth white with milk. And so that's talking about Judah again and, and the blessings that Judah will have. All right. So the border of the modern state of Israel is referred to as the Green Line since on one historical occasion it was drawn on an official map in green. In addition, the term in popular understanding has taken on the additional meaning of agricultural advancement and success. When flying over in a plane, it stands out that the regions of Jewish settlement are green, whereas Arabs, the areas of Arab domination are not. Okay, so number five, the Jews are, and they continue to be persecuted by Gentiles. Okay, the Jews were persecuted by those who are not Jews, and it's been prophesied by Judah, will be Zechariah 1, verse 15, Zechariah 8, verse 13, okay, and so forth. This held from the beginning concerning the portion of Israel, Judah, that would always be obligated by the law. Uh, this is found in Leviticus chapter 26, Leviticus chapter 26, verse 15. Uh, and if you shall despise my statutes, if your soul abhor my judgment, so that you will not do all my commands, that you break my covenant. All right, so the Jews were prophesied. They would be obligated by the law, being taken in ships to Egypt and sold as slaves. And uh, Deuteronomy 20, 28, verse 68, that, that can be proved about Josephus and other sources, that that's exactly what happened. And this was fulfilled at the end of the Second Temple period and the Bar Koba revolt, which followed. Um, and they were prophesied to return in ships as slaves to Egypt. That was fulfilled in Judah. Number six, Jews keep the law. I've already proven that. Jews keep the law, uh, the Torah. They keep the Sabbath and holy days. Um, and that's proven. Hosea 11, verse 12. Hosea 11, verse 12. I mean, you've got to do your study on this. This is all in the Bible. Ephraim compassed me about lies in the house of Israel with deceit, but Judah yet ruleth with God and is faithful with the saints. Hosea 11, verse 12. Ephraim compassed me about with lies. And the house of Israel with deceit. So that scripture proves that Ephraim is identified with the house of Israel. Hosea 11, verse 12. Ephraim compassed me about with lies, and the house of Israel with deceit. But Judah yet ruleth with God and is faithful with the saints. All right. So that's a distinction there. That's a very important distinction. So, uh, so the Jews, they keep the law. Ephraim goes away from the Torah, yet Judah remains faithful. Number seven, Jews observe the fast. The Jews keep the four fasts of mourning over the destruction of the second temple, as prophesied by Zechariah 8, verse 19, the fast of the fourth month, the 17th of Tammuz, the fast of the fifth, the ninth of Av, and the fast of the seventh, the third of Tishri, and the, and the fast of the tenth, the tenth of the fast of Tevet. So those are the fasts that have been prophesied, and the Jews still, and I know, because I fellowship with them, um, they continue to keep those to this day. Number eight, Jewish state to be named Israel. This is an important prophecy. Isaiah predicted that the descendants of Judah would be known as Israel. Hear ye this, O house of Jacob. The house of Jacob is all the twelve tribes, which are called by the name of Israel, and are come forth from out of the waters of Judah. Isaiah 48, verse 1. And so that is a prophecy to tell you that Judah would be identified or would be called Israel. Verse, uh, I'm sorry, number nine, point nine. Return of Judah precedes the return of the other tribes. Michael 4, verse 8 predicts that in the end times, the beginning of the return, the first dominion and the final return of Israel shall be to the daughter of Jerusalem, meaning the descendants of Judah. All right, so Michael 4, verse 8 says this. Michael 4, verse 8. 
Micah 4, verse 8. It says, And thou, O tower of the flock, the stronghold of the daughter of Zion, unto thee shall it come, even the first dominion, the kingdom shall come to the daughter of Jerusalem. The daughter of Jerusalem. And here's another scripture. Hosea 6, verse 11. Hosea 6, verse 11. Also, O Judah, he has set in harvest for thee when I return the captivity of my people. All right, so Judah was to return first, and they did return first. <laughs> uh, we, we have that prophecy uh, because uh, Judah returned back to the land first. The first two chapters of, of Ezra tells us that. All right, number 10, and of course Isaiah 45 about Cyrus, right, the prophecy about Cyrus. Um, number 10, Jews identified with Judah. Judah would be recognized as Judah or Israel, whereas the lost ten tribes will not be recognized until the times that we're living in today. And Genesis 49, verse 10, The scepter shall not, or the tribe, shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh, that's the Messiah, shall come, and unto him shall the gathering of the people be. Shiloh come, usually explain to me the Messiah who will rule in the end times. The scepter shall not depart from Judah. Manasseh ben Yisrael, Manasseh ben Yisrael, explained the above as indicating that Judah shall always be recognizable as an Israelite tribe. The Hebrew word Shavet, translated as scepter, also connotes tribal identification. The word for tribe is Shavet in Hebrew. In other words, the tribal identification of Judah, as Judah would always remain with him, would always remain with him. Nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh come, and until him shall the gathering of the people be. The Messiah will enable individuals from the lost ten tribes to know what tribe they belong to. Until then, they will not know or at least not be certain. Also, until then, Judah will keep the Torah. Number 11, Jews must be Judah, also proven from the lack of contrary verses. The, point, the, point, the above points are samples. They show that throughout the Bible, and especially in the prophetic works, there are references to Judah that cannot and could not be fulfilled by anybody but the present-day Jews. It was prophesied that Judah would suffer for being Jewish, keeping, keep the Torah according to the direction of the sages. This is Deuteronomy 17, verse 8. Deuteronomy 17, verse 8. Deuteronomy 17, verse 8. If there arise a matter too hard for thee to ju in judgment between blood and blood, between plea and plea, and between stroke and stroke, being matters of controversy within thy gates, then thou shalt rise, get thee up into the place where the, the master that God shall choose, and you shall, and you shall come unto the priests, the Levites, who are associated with the Jews today, and unto the judge that shall be in those days, and inquire, and they shall show thee the judgment, the sentence of judgment. This is where Paul got the, the understanding of elders. In verse 10, And thou shalt do according to the sentence which they of that place which the master shall choose, shall, uh, shall, choose, shall show thee, and you shall observe to do according to all that they inform thee. According to the sentence of the Torah, which they shall teach thee, and according to the judgment which they shall tell thee, you shall do. You shall not decline from the sentence which they shall show thee to the right hand and to the left. Now, this is, of course, if what they're telling you is, is based on Torah. All right? So we have to understand what Yeshua said in Matthew chapter 23. As long as they sit in the uh, seat of Moshe, uh, or if they, seat in the, if they sit in the seat of Moses, or if they're teaching correctly according to the Bible, that's when you listen to them. All right? So, it was prophesied that Judah would suffer for being Jewish, keeping, they would keep the Torah according to the direction of the sages, eventually be rewarded and recognized by his brother tribes and around the world and never depart from his basic truth, and he hasn't. It was, it was prophesied that the ten tribes would lose their identity, and the opposite was said about Judah. 
it was not prophesied that Judah would be lost. All the identifying characteristics of Judah, keeping the law, etc., the holy days, involve matters that cannot be hidden or obvious to all. Number 12, Jewish Judah loved to recognize the Joseph of Israel. I read that to you. Isaiah 49, verse 21 describes Isaiah 49, verse 21 describes Judah as being initially loved to accept the lost tribes as having suffered alone and being persecuted and exiled from place to place. Let me read this slowly. Then shall thou say in thy heart, Who has begotten me these, seeing I have lost my children and am desolate, a captive in removing to and fro? And who have brought up these? Behold, I was left alone. These, where have they been? That is a perfect description of how the Jews in the Messianic movement just in the Messianic Jewish movement, most of them don't want to recognize Ephraim. They don't want to recognize Ephraim. But thank God there are some Jews like your Davidi that does recognize Ephraim. And they are preaching the truth about it. The Jews were the ones who were persecuted for being Judah, captive and exiled from, exiled from place to place. So many of Ephraim is found among the Gentiles. And they, like, because they have, accumulated the bad habits of people who aren't a part of Israel. And I mean not part of Israel, not just a part of Jews, but not a part of the tribes. And they are like the Gentiles. And so that is the truth and nothing but the truth. And I hope that this program has shed light about this. And you'll stop thinking that every time someone says to Jews that that's talking about all of Israel. That is not true. I've proven this to you out of the scriptures, ladies and gentlemen. And Here's another scripture to prove the prosperity of Joseph, who was the leading tribe of the of Ephraim of the ten tribes. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter thirty-three. Thirty-three. Jeremiah, I mean, I'm sorry, Deuteronomy chapter thirty-three, and it states here, and of Joseph, he said, "Bless." Deuteronomy 33, verse 13 of Joseph, he said, Blessed the master be, blessed of the master his land for the precious things of heaven, for the dew and for the deep that couches beneath. And this is interesting, his land. So that's a prophecy that Joseph will have his own land. <laughs> and for the precious fruits brought forth by the sun and for the precious things put forth by the moon. And for the chief things of the ancient mountains, so for the precious things of the, so that he, Joseph would have the best. And for the precious things of the earth and the fullness there, for the good will of him that dwelt in the bush, let the blessing come upon the head of Joseph and upon the top of the head of him that was separated from his brethren. His glory is like the firstling of a bullock and his horns like the horns of unicorns. When you look at the British coat of arms, it has a unicorn on it and it has a lion on it. With them he shall push the people together to the ends of the earth. They are the ten thousands of Ephraim of Britain. And they are the thousands of Manasseh, the United States. Okay, and I don't have the time to go over and prove that to you, ladies and gentlemen, but I, you should be seeing at least that Joseph was prophesied to have the best. And this is a prophecy from the, from the prophet Moses. And so I hope that this is clear to you. And whenever you read Romans chapter 11, realize that Israel at that time consisted of just the Jews. And the Jews at that time consisted of uh, the tribe of Judah, Levi, and Benjamin. They all merged to be uh, the tribe of Judah, the Jews. And some of the ten tribes came back with them, but not all of them. 
Okay, that is pretty clear when you look at all the other scriptures that I quoted. You need to look at all these scriptures, and if you're still confused by this, you need to go and get your Davidi's book about the tribes. Go to Hebrew Nations. Go to uh, YouTube and type in Hebrew Nations and look at his comprehensive videos explaining every argument against this, everything that that people, any objection they've thrown, he has, he's refuted it through uh, the Bible and through rabbinical sources. Okay, so... Uh, you, you've got to to just give in, folks. Okay, and, and realize that we've been deceived uh, in this area. And and once you understand that, then I can talk to you about the throne of David. Does it exist today? The significance of Queen Elizabeth sitting on the throne. All those things. Uh, but if you don't understand what I'm saying now, you, you're not going to understand. Now, here's another book I recommend you get. It's called Ephraim, the Gentile Children of Israel. That is an eye-opener. You need to get that book and study it. I'm going to give some comprehensive teachings on this in the future, y'all willing. But you have a responsibility to, to find out about this because this is one of the things that God prophesied for us to know. We should know about these things. And Genesis chapter 49 talks about this. Genesis chapter 49. And Yaakov called unto his sons and said, Gather yourselves together that I may tell you what shall befall you in the days before the becoming of the Messiah, the last days, ladies and gentlemen. So this is Aharet uh, Hayamim in Hebrew, the days before the coming of the Messiah. And so God has helped us through Genesis chapter 49, Deuteronomy 32 and 33, to help us, and other parts of the book of Isaiah, to help us identify who the tribes of Israel are in these last days, ladies and gentlemen. And so I really hope that uh, you understand this very important Bible study uh, today. I hope you understand what it means to boast against the branches. Oh, let me explain that one. That John chapter 4, verse 22, Yeshua stated plainly that you people don't know what you're worshiping. We worship what we do not know because... You, you worship what you don't know because salvation comes from the Jews, so it doesn't come from anyone but the Jews. And we have to be careful about what they teach. Um, Matthew 16, verse 6 tells us that. So when Yeshua said to them, watch out, guard yourselves against the Hamas of the leaven of the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. But he didn't tell you not to, to listen to them. Matthew 22, verse 1 says, then Yeshua addressed the crowds in his Talmudim, the Torah teachers in the Perishim, or the, the Pharisees. Sit in the seat of Moshe, or Moses. So whatever they tell you, take care to do it. But don't do what they do because they talk and do not. So they're hypocrites. And so this is a general rule for any teacher. If they're teaching according to the Bible, you believe them. If they're not, don't. That applies to the Jews. Certainly um, applies to Jews as well because you're human beings. Romans chapter 3. Then what advantage has the Jew? What advantage has the Jew? What is the value of being circumcised? Or what's the value of them um, uh, holding to the Jewish traditions. That's what it's talking about. Verse 2, much in every way. In the first place, the Jews were entrusted with the very words of God. So the Jews wrote the Bible. Or, you know, they, they, they were responsible for the Bible, preserving the Bible. And in verse 3, if some of them were unfaithful, so what? Does their faithfulness cancel Yah's faithfulness? Verse 4, heaven forbid. And so we have no business boasting against the Jewish branches, ladies and gentlemen. It's because of the Jews that we know what we know. And so when you start being arrogant, 
and thinking you know this and know that, that's when you're going to start to get into false doctrine. That's when you start to get into false doctrine. And then when you get into false doctrine, then you you don't, you do not properly understand the Bible, ladies and gentlemen. I've seen it happen, and it's happening right now in the Hebraic Roots movement. And, and it has to stop. And I suggest that those in the Hebrew, you should fellowship with Messianic Jews. I understand that they have an issue with one house. They don't understand that that it's not just about the Jews. It's about everybody. They don't understand the truth of what I taught you today about all the 12 tribes. All Israel consists of 12 tribes, not just one, okay, or three. You know, Judah, Benjamin, Malevi is, is, is Judah, okay. It's, it's all of Israel. And I explained to you through the scriptures why people identify Israel with Judah. They would not prophesy to lose their identity, but the tribes were in these end times. Most people don't understand who the ten tribes are today. But the the Jew is our teachers. They are our teachers. And they they teach us the Torah. In Romans 2, verse 20, they are an instructor. Wait a minute. Uh, right here, verse 17 of Romans chapter 2. But if you call yourself a Jew and rest on Torah and boast about Yah and know his will and give your approval to what is right because you have been instructed from Torah. Verse 19, and if you have persuaded yourself that you are a guide to the blind, a light to the darkness, a light in the darkness, an instructor of the spiritually unaware and a teacher of children, since in Torah you have the embodiment of knowledge and truth. Right, and then he said, then you who teach others. Okay, so the Jews are our teachers. Yeshua is our, our primary teacher, and he teaches us through the scriptures. And he chose 12 Jewish people who will be ruling over the, the 12 tribes of Israel, by the way, uh, to give us the New Testament, ladies and gentlemen. Matthew chapter 19, verse 28 states, Yeshua says to them, yes, I tell you that in the regenerated world, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones and judge the 12 tribes of Israel. The world, ladies and gentlemen, will be ruled by Jews. We need to get with the program and not boast against the branches and thinking that we know more than the Jews because we don't. And we need to stop being anti-Semitic. And we need to, whenever I, there is an opportunity, uh, whenever an opportunity presents itself, we should fellowship with Jews who believe in Messiah, for Jews that have a synagogue and they believe in Messiah and they, and they teach the Torah and they keep the Torah. And you should try to find one because I fellowship with them. I, I just go to their, their services and, and, and I fellowship with them and then we have Kiddush afterwards. And then um, I have decided now to resurrect my uh, virtual ministry again on, on Shabbat at 3 o'clock. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I suggest you do that. And I understand they have issues in one house, but you know, don't argue with them about that. Just fellowship with them that Yeshua did. He just fellowship with his people, and he had his ministry. You know, you can do the same thing as Torah teachers. So anyway, I'll talk more about this in a future program. But that's it, ladies and gentlemen, for this week. And may Yah bless and keep you. And Yah willing, I'll be available to you next week. Shalom. Peace. Malachi chapter 4. For behold... The day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. 
But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. And ye shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. Remember ye the law of Moses my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb for all Israel, with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. <laughs> 